Cold Storage is a podcast where each episode we pick a different story from the long history of comics and dissect and review it for your listening euphoria. Join us as we stumble our way through some of the most important storylines mixed with some of our favorites. Enjoy. Welcome back to another exciting adventure of Cold Storage Podcast. Dude. I am your host, Callie. And I'm Spencer. And I'm Ryan. Doman. <laughs> 801. <laughs> <laughs> um, dude, Callie, I love it when you get that voice going. Yeah. I wish you would talk that way the entire you time. Should. I don't Radio know that I can. Radio voice. You totally can, dude. Suntress does it. Hey, uh, I just love well, you so much. Can I just trick you off in the bathroom? I just love all your stuff. <laughs> Even though I've never read them. Dude, well, yeah. Hey, um, listen, I don't want to talk shit on Suntras. He was a great guest when we interviewed him on our old podcast. I was just about to talk a lot of crap on him, and now I can't because you no, said that. Oh, shit. <laughs> No, but he was awesome when we interviewed yeah, no, him he was. on Hotels from the Paradise. Yeah. And he even tweeted when we folded. He was yeah, like, I was oh, he's like, oh man, another yeah. one, another fantastic comic podcast yeah. bites the dust. Yeah. He was awesome. I mean, you're embellishing a little bit. But okay, yes, The greatest true. podcast in history. The greatest folded. comic book podcast of all time. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right, dude. And the thing is, is like, it's fun to talk crap on Centrist, just like it's fun to talk crap on what who, like, mother Teresa or somebody like it's fun to joke about somebody who does something really good at what you know they Suntress has carried uh in the interview comic podcast yeah pretty much alone for years oh yeah for 10 12 13 14 15 he is kind of 20 admit it (laughs) everybody I feel feel bad for him though he's had some health issues he's yeah uh, but uh, I'm sure that if you're listening to God us... God bless you, John Sundress. That's all. If you're listening to us, you already listen to him or you stumbled upon our podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so. Right. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. No, he does, he does some good stuff. Uh, today is a special day, Callie. Yep. Yep. You want to know what day it is? What day is it? It is the day is our five-year anniversary. Yeah? Yeah. All right. Oh. <laughs> of... <laughs> Of uh, the Sandman, of me knowing about the Sandman. <laughs> Is that right? Yep. It was five years ago today <laughs> that I discovered uh, the Sandman. It was about five days ago for me. So <laughs> I guess it's my anniversary, too. Dude, Fifth so we're reviewing um, the 1970s Sandman um, that was created by Joe Simon and Jack Kirby. And uh, the best part about this is we're going to get all of that... Uh, we're gonna get so much chick traffic off of this because they're gonna think it's the Neil Gaiman Sandman. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. And they're gonna be tuning in, so dude. Disappointed. Just they're gonna be lighting candles, disappointed. laying down black <laughs> candles. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and they're gonna be like, "Oh yeah, let's get that Sandman going." With a little bit of uh, 
What, what kind of music do you listen to in the background when you're reading Sandman? Uh, the Cure, maybe. Oh yeah, that's the answer. Uh, yeah, that'll yeah. work. That would work. I would I would listen to Cure or uh, the Cult. That's another good one. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, but we are not Joy reviewing that Sandman. Nope. We're reviewing this one wonky Sandman. No, I'll say the shortest lived Sandman. I would say mm. out of any of them. Yes. Um, uh, his name is Garrett Sanford, but Kirby didn't create that name. Joe Simon didn't create that name. Roy Thomas retconned that name. So in this yeah, series, yeah, hmm. you're not going to see right. the name Garrett uh, Sanford in this. Dude, the other thing about this guy is that he's been retconned more than he was actually written. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's, he the, he's the same Sandman as that had Sandy as his... Uh, no, he's not. Different Sandman. Yeah, different Okay, one. all right. That was, so you're thinking of Wesley Sandman. Dodds. So, uh, yes. Wesley Dodds uh, was in the JSA. By the no. way, we're just going with the podcast. I, sorry. Um, I wasn't thinking Wesley Dodds. Wesley Dodds turned into that guy with San- Sandy. He did? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I am thinking Wesley Dodds. Yeah. Wesley Dodds was the gas mask guy. Yeah, with the fedora. But the, then he lost right. his yeah. gas mask, turned into the costume purple and yellow dude yeah. with the, the Bucky Sandy yeah. sidekick. Uh, what's the fighting American sidekick? It's uh, the same. Speedy. No, no, it's not speedy. It's like fasty. <laughs> yeah, it was something like that. It was something like that. It's something stupid, fasty, or punchy, or uh, no, what? What? what it has something to do with? with it was speed? something to do with speed. Yeah. yeah. It was some. Yeah. Oh, Dude, punchy would be an awesome name. Can find it. Hold on a second. I like that. So anyway, but I'm I'm making a joke because uh, these sidekicks, their designs are identical, dude. <laughs> like Sandy and Bucky and. We're just going to call him Punchy. Um, he was... Yeah, they all look the same. They're just different colors, dude. Um, I'm a little punchy right now. <laughs> I tell you, a little too much to drink. Sorry, folks. That's, dude, that's what we're working on. We, You're going to... You're going to bring us out, dude, with some just drunken ramblings. That's what we're hoping Can for. do. <laughs> um, yeah, so... Um, Kirby, the thing is that's confusing is that Kirby and Simon both worked on that Wesley Dodds comic for years, dude. Like, right. for a long time they worked on it. And then he became, he was in the JSA. Uh, but but that's not the Sandman. So what ended up happening is Joe Simon came back to DC um, as an editor uh, in the 70s. And um, then Kirby came back to DC also in 1975 to do his uh, fourth world stuff. Right. Speed Boy. Speed, speed Boy. boy. Uh. Dude, remember how Speedy had a drug addiction? Yes. They should have just called him Speed Boy. I know. Right? <laughs> um, yeah, so, uh, I mean, we're way past that now, but thanks. <laughs> sorry, <you>. sorry, yeah. <laughs> uh, so anyway, Joe Simon was an editor at DC. Uh, Kirby was technically an editor because he was actually editing his own books at the time. There's like, mm-hmm. uh, dude, uh, Kelly, let me yeah. test you. Do you know okay. how this thing happened other than the fact that they were both working at DC at the time? What Do I know how Sandman happened? Yeah. Even though they were, bo- other than the fact that they were both working at. Let me just help you out. Okay. <laughs> I was trying to repeat the question to myself <laughs> so I understood what you were asking. Uh, yes. So. You got these two working at DC. How did it? How did it happen that they? This was the first book they'd done together in like years, like thirty years, mm-hmm. dude. And actually, the last one too. By the by, the way, is that right? Number hmm. one. Yeah, they never worked together after that. Hmm. And before that, it had been years. 
So uh, why I'll, is that though? Why didn't they work together again? I guess they just um, Kirby didn't like working with anybody actually at this point in his yeah, career. Yeah, that makes sense. At this point in his career, like he one of the carrots for him to move to dc was that he would get to have full control sure. over his books Autonomy. and and after yeah. you do that dude you're not gonna you're not gonna want to yeah. go back right. yeah so i think that, that was the main thing and this was actually basically a stunt more than anything i think this was just a uh, a gimmick kind of to get uh some sales uh it turns out that um uh, Bill Gaines, of all people, of EC fame, oh, yeah? was the one that made this thing happen. Dude. Really? Yeah. Because <laughs> huh. uh, Bill Gaines, um, he was a, he was the guy behind EC, but yeah. then after EC folded, he stuck on as just the mad magazine editor, right? Mm-hmm. Right. And then uh, uh, DC ended up buying Mad Magazine yes. at some point. Correct. Um, and so uh, basically Bill Gaines was working there too. He saw that Kirby... And Simon were both working for the company, and he, it was his idea to say, "Dude, let's just do a Simon Why don't Kirby. they do something together?" Yeah, yeah. And uh, that's a good point. Yeah, and so they they did uh, they did Sandman, and I don't know. In my mind, it was probably going to be a revamp or of their old character because they'd worked on Sandman for so long together. But uh, I guess they just decided to do something different and. Out of all the DC stuff during this time, so so Kirby worked at DC before he went to Marvel and created the Marvel Universe. Right. Uh, but during this time at DC, Kirby created everything that he wrote for the most part. Um, you know, he did the superpower stuff and things like that just to, as extra money. But his main series he did was just solely um, his own thing. Right. So you guys obviously know Kirby far more than me. This is mostly Kirby, right? This this shit is so Kirby that like I How much did Simon have to do with this? This is basically what I'm wondering. Well, Fleischer has a lot to do with it too. Well, right, but that's that's after yeah, issue this 1. Is, this was months after. Yeah, I, I so issue this is a 6 issue series. Seven issues actually, but we'll get into that later. Um, this issue, this mini series was six issues, but originally was just going to be a one shot. And then if it was successful, they were going to try to do more. But this is so Kirby, though. Like, I, how much did Simon? This is like ninety six percent Kirby, right? I, yeah, on. this would be interesting because uh, you know the Marvel method didn't come around till Stan Lee, right? So, right. I but the way that Simon and Kirby worked is is Simon drew too. Right. 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 So they both just did basically everything. Right. So I'm. I don't know how uh, when they came back. I don't know how it worked. That um, like this one says it was scripted by Simon, but I'm sure. I'm sure that they were probably plotted it together. Yeah. Like the just the whole idea, the conceit of the character. It. I don't know. It just well, seems it, so Kirby. It had way. to stand. There. There is some carryover from the original one. Not much, but there is some carryover. This one has like they live in the he lives in the uh, dream world or whatever where there's like a reality stream and a dream stream and stuff right. like that. But that uh, but the original one was basically a guy who could just put people to sleep with his gas gun. Yeah, right. And there is some of that, although I don't know if it's in this first issue. But there is some of that where he throws sand at right. people yes. and makes them fall yes. asleep and stuff. But I totally agree with you, Ryan. Like this is Kirby, but this isn't. This isn't. Um, Omac, New Gods, 
Mr. Miracle Kirby. Yeah. This is still a little bit more accessible to me. A little me. more. Gr- All right. A and I think that's why, like, cause, because if, you know, if, if Simon's doing the script, that makes it, again, it's the whole how Stan Lee made Kirby digestible for for the common everyday guy. And I think uh, that's what Joe Simon does for one Kirby. One moment. Can you, can you please repeat that, Kelly? <laughs> uh, if you want to hear me repeat it, just rewind and push play. Holy shit, I'm going to. <laughs> um, That's the most credit I've ever heard him give. Yeah, dude. I, sometimes Kelly says things he doesn't really mean. <laughs> wow. Um, so just to, I felt like this first issue, and I think I t- said this before, reminds me a lot of those one shot. Um, First issue, first DC, first issue DC specials. Uh, that um, you will hear that episode someday. It's gonna be it's gonna be our <laughs> oh. carrot that'll keep people listening to our podcast. Yeah, you may get to hear the first episode, <laughs> first issue special episode. episode. But this this felt a lot like that. Um, and I, I this first issue, I loved this first issue. It was so good. This is actually my probably my least favorite of all the issues. Is that right? Really? Yeah, yeah dude. I like all the odd numbers a lot. The the even numbers I could I, I care a little less for. Oh really? Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Yep. It's I love like, I really like, like one, three, and five are fantastic. <laughs> the other ones are still good, but just I feel like one, three, and five stand out to me a lot more. Or like Fargo Brothers uh, movies. <laughs> Fargo Brothers. <laughs> Cohen Brothers. <laughs> Dude, honestly, in my like head at this of point, the Farrelly brothers, far, far. Oh shit! Oh yeah, Chris Farley and his brother. <laughs> dude, his his brother acts now. I saw him on a movie. Yeah, his brothers in all sorts of shit. Yeah. Um, yeah, some of the Fargo brothers movies are like that too. They do. They always say one for us, one for them, and so that's what uh, that's what Callie thinks that Sandman is. Um, so. Uh, I derailed you. I'm sorry. No, that's you're good. Okay. Yeah, so, you're good. dude, the thing is about the Sandman is he's like uh, more than the other one. In fact, the other one wasn't like this. The previous one wasn't like this. This is actually a really good bridge between the JSA Sandman and the Neil Gaiman Sandman because this hmm. guy does do something. It has something something to do with dreams and stuff. Right. The, lot, that's yeah. what the Neil Gaiman one. That's what his whole thing. In fact, his name is Dream. The the Sandman, Sandman. Mm. Okay, so um, this is a really good bridge between the two of those. Interestingly, um, Neil Gaiman. I haven't heard a lot of what he thinks about Kirby, but I'm sure he loves Kirby um, because he's also done an Eternal series. Did you guys ever read that? I did not read that. Um, no, because J.R.J.R. did the artwork, and so I passed on it. What? Oh, dude, you don't yeah. like John Romita? I know, I don't. How I, can you not, dude? dude. He's squishy, dude. Like his, all of his figures are like boxes. Nobody dude, draws hold pain up. squishy. Better hold than up, hold squishy up. Squishy and boxes. Okay, take all of his, what he just said and apply it to Jack Kirby, and that's exactly <laughs> Jack. You just described Jack Kirby. <laughs> no, wait, no, saying. Jack Kirby looks so much better than J.R.J.R., dude. So much he's better. He's boxy. He's really boxy. He's, he has square yes. fingers, dude. I'm fine with that. That's okay. I'm talking like, have you, like, the faces that he draws are like. Okay, let's find some Kirby faces. Let's look in there, dude. This is this is great. And they're not they're not boxy. Like, you mean you mean Jed? His, they're not boxy. Uh, completely oval. That's commandy face. Look at this. They're not they're not boxy. Kelly, look, they're round. I swear, like, you're not a Jack Kirby fan, dude, if you don't know this already. Dude, 
Look at this face, for example. Okay. That's Dude. fine. It doesn't look like JRJR. Yeah, no, I'm not saying that they're the same. But your description of why you don't like JRJR is a description that could be applied to Jack Kirby's artwork. Oh, okay, so side. maybe, maybe. And I love Jack Kirby, but I also like John Romita Jr. And I just don't see how you can like one and not like the other. Callie, the thing that I I'm think John I know you, Romita I know, Jr. But... excels at. What's that? Is drawing physical pain. When he draws people like beating I, the shit out of each other, it's the same. Um, his his pain, his physical, the way that he expresses physical pain yeah. is crazy to me. Just like Brittany Wrightson can draw decay and like rotting better than anyone in the world, John Romita Jr. draws pain. That's because his dad didn't love him. I guess so. <laughs> Makes I'm sense. sorry. Maybe I mean maybe that doesn't translate well. That. I don't know. Maybe it's the inking. Maybe it's the coloring. I don't know. But John Romita okay. Jr. just doesn't. Well, that's fine. I mean, everybody that listens to this is going to agree with us and not you. But that's okay. <laughs> um, that's okay. That's why you're unique. And that's why we keep you around. Because you got to have your dissenting opinion. Um, <laughs> so, like we mentioned, this was supposed to just be like a one-issue deal, right? And it wasn't mm-hmm. until like 10, minute, 10 months, almost a year later, where they decided to do issue number two. Dang. Which is crazy, right? For a miniseries. Right. Uh, if it's not an image, or early image from a miniseries, <laughs> to wait 10 months between issues. But, uh, and then when they picked it up, dude, Kirby wasn't even part of it, right? Kevin? Right, right. Yeah, it was uh, Fleischer and... So he moved on. Uh, what did he do after this? Dude, this was actually at the same time as he was doing like all of his other stuff, dude. Was he so, doing all the fourth world shit? Yeah, at this time. Uh-huh. Okay, all right. Um, yeah, actually, I was wrong. I I said Kirby came over earlier. I said I'm sorry, Kirby came over in '75, but he didn't. That this was actually around the time that he left. This is, would have been one of the last things he did at DC. Oh, because he went back to Marvel to do right. Captain America. Um, and the Eternals and stuff at this point. So, uh, yeah, 75 was when he went back to Marvel. Hmm. Um, okay. So he came over to DC in 71, I want to say. Um, and he was there for four or five years. Uh, but this would have been one of the last things. So there, at DC, there's two um, eras of Kirby. There's the Fourth World era, um, which, you know, that did its thing. There was actually a ton of issues. Like, it, the people say that... It didn't work or whatever, but if you count up all four books that he did, oh, there's a lot. Um, it's there's massive. a ton of issues. There's like yeah. fifty something issues. So he did a ton of fourth world stuff, and then after that, he did um, your Demon, your Omac, uh, Commandy, and Sandman, and and that kind of stuff. Then he went back to Marvel. He only was there for a little bit. Uh, then he went off to do his um, cartoon work for like Hanna Barbera. Um, yeah. And then after that, he actually came back to DC to do the superpower stuff. And then he oh yeah he did okay. another that uh, so that would have been about eighty four or something yeah yep. And that's when he came back to do DC to do the superpowers. And he did uh, Hunger Dogs. It was his supposed okay. to be his finale to the New God stuff. Uh, so yeah, so this would have been one of the last things that he did, which is interesting because hmm. okay. uh, yeah, this this whole thing, this whole series is a little bit weird just because it's like. The original thing was Joe Simon, Jack Kirby. Right. Then issue two and three were drawn by Ernie Chan uh, uh, and written by Michael Fleischer. Right. Um, Michael Fleischer went on to write the rest of the series. Um, Jack Kirby came back in issue four, five, and six uh, to do it. Mike Royer inked issues one through five 
Wally Wood inked issue six. Six. <laughs> so Mike Royer inked Ernie Chan's art and Jack Kirby's art. So it's just like such a weird overlap of yeah. like uh, creators. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, and that that Ernie Chan Mark Mike Royer stuff oh, yeah. that is like I I accidentally read these out of order. I, I borrowed uh-huh. these from Spence, and um, so so anyway, I I started reading. And it looked so much like Kirby. I didn't even notice it until like page four or five or something. I was like, oh, that's a little odd. And then I double checked the credits and it was Ernie Chan, whom I love because I'm a big uh, Conan the Barbarian guy and he did tons of that stuff. And so just the fact that, I mean, maybe Mike Royer was doing the heavy lifting, I guess, uh, making it look more Kirby-esque, but it was so Kirby in issue two. Yeah, uh, and, th- and three. And, it it yeah. does taper off in three. You can actually yes. see Kirby influence like going away. But yeah, er, Ernie Chan steps a, steps forward a little bit as it goes on. But yeah, it was kind of a remarkable bit of mimicry. Um, for for a little while, dude. Chan is yeah. like. This gave me a new. I, I I always liked Ernie Chan. He's never going to be anybody's fame or favorite artist. But dude, he's like a utility player. Yes, like hundred percent. The fact that he was able to make this Kirby is, especially during this point in his career, was so stylistic that like you can you could never mistake the, a right. Kirby if you saw it. And he was able to somewhat pull it off. And there's been so many people who've tried and just fail miserably at it. Like you just you can't do a Kirby the way. And what's interesting to me is so. Mike Royer is one of um, my favorite inkers of Kirby. Mm. There's a lot of different um, talk on Kirby inkers because uh, a lot of inkers tend to embellish uh, too much. Uh, Some people, like Vince Coletta, will actually erase stuff so they don't have to ink it. Uh, Kirby was one of the most tight pencilers ever. Like all the weird little squiggles and stuff, like Kirby drew those in. That was never gonna. That was never the inker. Mike Royer always stuck to the inks, like exactly. He never and like, and like Joe Sinnott and stuff. So Sinnott was the other one. Those are my two favorite okay. uh, because those two dudes. They followed the pencils. Yeah, exact. they they'll just copy what they see, which is right. really cool. So uh, I am curious about uh, you know. It would be awesome to see what Ernie Chan's pencils look like for this, to see if Ernie Chan actually put uh, all the Kirby um, stuff in there or if Mike Royer just took full uh, Mm. uh, reins on that. But Mm. um, either way, it's really good. Um, It could totally pass for a Kirby. Yeah. uh, You know, if you were just skimming through it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Had me fooled for a few pages. Not that I'm some Kirby expert or anything, but... You are. Don't say yourself short. Well, God bless you. (laughs) Um, You're wearing Kirby on your shirt, I think, right now. That's true. That's very true. Uh, Issue 6 was inked by Wally Wood, right? Right. Crazy. One of the greatest artists ever. They've actually had a long relationship. Uh, Kirby... Is that right? Wood has inked Kirby several times, and the other way around. Kirby has inked Wood... Kirby inked a lot of, uh, yeah. So Wally Wood was on Daredevil for a while after his EC stuff, and Kirby inked a lot of that stuff for Wally Wood. I didn't know that. Wally Wood inked uh, Kirby on issue number six on this, and I I usually hate it when other people ink Kirby and change stuff. Um, They'll add like feathering. Kirby was never big into feathering with the inks and stuff to to show shading or whatever. Um, Right. 
but Wally Wood adds a lot of that to soften up the lines, and I have no problem with it, quite well, honestly. Wally Wood, jeez Louise. Oh, dude, the guy can Come draw. On. He's freaking amazing. But yeah, my problem is, is I'm sure a lot of these people that Ink Kirby can draw that I don't like, but it's like the fact that they take too much Kirby out of it. And yeah. Wally Wood was like the perfect mix of leaving it be a Kirby thing, but also adding his stamp on it. Sure. One well, thing, that makes sense. One thing that's interesting is that Kirby never had a problem with his inkers, dude. Even Vince Coletta, he never talked crap on who I can't stand. Hmm. But Kirby, I list, I read an interview just today with Kirby. Somebody asked him what he thinks about, uh, or who his favorite inker is, and he's just like, I don't have one. He's just huh. like, basically, uh, I appreciate everything that an inker brings. to. That makes sense, because the output oh, that yeah. he had. Yeah, he could never do yeah, it Yeah, I mean, he had to rely on these people to... Yeah. So, uh, that makes sense to me. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so that's a, that's a big part of hmm. what I like about um, this is that Mike Royer and Wally Wood were basically solely responsible for the inks on Kirby stuff. And then Ernie Chan, just he just came through, dude. He killed it, man. Mm -hmm. yeah. it was, he did great. So this, Callie, give us a rundown of this Sandman. What's his deal? So this Sandman uh, lives in a space between the dream and reality. Um, basically, he spies on this kid named Jed all the time. Yeah, he's always watching Jed. He's kind of a creep, kind of a pedophile creep. If you yeah, ask me. Um, yeah, it's it's weird. Um, and he has a two uh, like I don't want to call them pets or slaves. sidekicks, but they're like yeah, yeah slave nightmares. They are slavey, dude. Like uh, when I see that, like because they're in a cage, basically a glass yeah. cage. Yeah. But, like he blows yeah. a whistle and it opens up and lets them out. And they're always begging him to let him out. Yeah. Right? yeah. Like <laughs> or like when something's going wrong and he wants to stop it. Like why don't you just let the fun happen? Like let it let it destruction happen. So there's That's two. The it's brute and glob. Glob and glob yeah. is like this little like. It's basically like a. a Mike Sully and my, or Mike yeah. Wazowski and Sully, dude. <laughs> yeah, like, that's you true. got a tall yeah, monster point. and like it, this little short like monster. Grandmas, yep. <laughs> but see, here's here's the thing. I, I don't mean to butt in. In issue one, and I think issue six, Brute and Glob say a couple mean things. In issue one and six, uh -huh. and besides that, in two, three, four, and five. They are nothing but kind yeah. and sweet, yeah, completely harmless, and wonderful. Well, they and even go he on vacation, and, and one of Sandman them? treats them like shit. Oh yeah, he does every totally. single issue. He's such he a is jerk such him. a pedophile but they're, dick. They're all, but they're okay with it. Like that's yeah. the weird thing is they're his friend. Like that's the weird. That's what makes it because they're so... such good people that they're like, okay, it's his thing. Well, we Dude, my favorite part of this whole series is where. Uh, Brute and Glob get a like a little vacation, yeah. and they go to a family reunion. Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> dude, these nightmare monsters <laughs> go to a family reunion where they're barbecuing. Yeah, and they're actually eating like hot dogs. <laughs> He's like, I'm just looking for the sauerkraut. Yeah. and you're like, dude. And then like this, what alien race and these like swan ships drop this uh, sphere over them. Yeah, what is that? Two or three issue? Two or three? I don't know which in? issue exactly, but. Dude, it's, that's uh, like so. I didn't. I'd never read this prior to this, but um, I didn't know what to expect. So the 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 first issue really feels to me like a like a classic Simon Kirby thing yeah. from back in the fifties, right? Um, when F Mike Fleischer comes on, 
he changes the game. And mind you, this was not written in the 50s, but it feels like it was almost. Dude. Yes. Um, but this was written in 75. People were somewhat woke by then, right? Like, <laughs> uh, but it's written, and, and it got a lot of crap for this. Like, a lot of people were like, uh, this is so childish. This uh, this book is not, um, this book is for kids, is what people thought. They were like, this is for kids, this isn't for adults. But really, I think that this was more, the way Michael Fleischer wrote it was more of a tongue-in-cheek kind of thing. Like, it was more of like a nod to mm. those days, um, which is evidenced by the fact that, like, on the first issue where Kirby comes back, issue number four, he makes Brute say that it's clobbering time at one point, right? Like, oh, yes, I think yes. that what he was doing, basically, is writing a love letter to the old Simon Kirby stuff. Ooh, yeah, good point. Like, yeah. like, I don't think that this was, like, even in the letters columns you can read, people are just like, uh, I don't know, this is, like, seems like it's for kids. Um, but I just don't think, I mean, to put some perspective on it, um, this was, like, uh, uh, when was this, 75, 72 is when that Swamp, uh, the Lynn Ween, Burning Rights and Swamp Thing was being written, right? So this was, like, three years after the Swamp Thing, which is way more, like, adult- Themed, yeah, like could so, not be more different yeah exactly but and this is like so cheesy like over the top cheesy and knowing what michael fletcher can do we reviewed his um specter run yeah specter stuff yeah, in yeah. adventure comics knowing what he can do this wasn't a limitation of his skills this was something a he choice. intended to do right yeah. exactly hmm. he like, purposely wrote it yeah this, this way. is like um you get like that in music all the time people who will do like an old style of music right like yeah uh like when swing was a thing royal crown of you stuff like that like they were they were trying to do they were giving a nod to what had come before and i think that that's what was happening here i was gonna say sugar pimp daddy but a squirrel not zippers <laughs> is what i was thinking of. Sugar <laughs> Why wasn't there? I, uh, Why wasn't there? So there's a big bad voodoo daddy, and that's oh, where the daddy. Okay, that's what I'm thinking of. Sugar pimp daddy. Thank you. Sugar pimp daddy is a pretty awesome rapper. You guys could have that name if you want it. I think sugar pimp daddy is awesome. That's a, that is a great name. Um, but yeah, basically, I think Michael Fleischer was just he was just having fun with this dude. Yeah, the, the dude. I'll agree with it, that. The dude is actually a really good writer. Like, um, his most famous thing that he's ever done I've never read he did like 11 years on Jonah Hex like he Is, was really? the Jonah Hex writer oh, for, oh, I had no idea yeah like that was his that's what when people talk about Michael Fleischer they t they do talk about the Spectre stuff but then also after that second is Jonah Hex oh shit uh, cause he was hmm. there he he made Jonah Hex what Jonah Hex became basically mm, that terrible movie uh, <laughs> no that was Megan Fox oh okay um, <laughs> But uh, one thing, dude, here, real quick, uh, since we we're talking about Michael Fleischer, dude, he's one of the most interesting dudes that I've ever like heard of in comics. Hmm. I'd never, I mean, I have read his stuff because I know I've read some of that old Jonah Hex stuff, but I'd never like picked him out as being, you know, somebody who I want to pay attention to until we read the Spectre stuff for one of our last episodes. Right. Uh, 
at that point, I was like, dude, I really like this guy. Um, and then when I saw that this was Michael Fleischer too, I was, I was like, dude, I love this. So I was reading about him and he, uh, he actually went on after he quit comics. First of all, he wrote this thing called the Encyclopedia of Comics. There's three volumes. One was a Superman volume, one was a Wonder Woman volume, and one was a Batman volume. I actually bought the Batman one, and it's coming to me in the Damn. mail. Uh, but huh. like that's what he did after he did this stuff. Um, but then after that, at age like forty something, forty three or something, he went and got uh, like a master's degree and a doctorate degree in anthropology. Jeez. What the heck, yeah, dude? And dude, he went on to uh, like dig up like. Uh, landmines in afghanistan he was like what? in charge of digging up landmines in afghanistan <laughs> uh he was uh oh, what else so was i'm 43 i'm not gonna do anything I know, remotely dude. close to that <laughs> i know dude uh yeah he oh and he fought like human trafficking in africa and stuff like this. yeah dude he went on wow it's crazy because he had this whole life as like the jonah hex artist for 10 years and then he went on to be like he wrote a couple of books on um just like anthropology and went on to like stop human trafficking, dig up landmines and stuff. Yeah, I need to step it up. That is awesome. He wrote this novel called Chasing Harry, which was supposed to have been a sexy thriller, is what I've heard. Ooh. It's actually in the public domain. It's on. Uh, you can actually read it on the uh, Internet Archive. I, I haven't read it. I just found out about it today. Uh, but uh, it's two of my favorite words: <laughs> sexy thriller. Mm-hmm. So. Here's mm-hmm. something that's really interesting about that is he put an ad in the Comics Journal for this this novel that he wrote, this sexy thriller that he wrote. And the ad was funny because it had Jonah Hex was sitting down reading the book. Uh, and then around him was the Spectre um, and then uh, some of the other characters. Not not the Sandman, but some of the other characters he's worked on were like looking at, over, Sandman, or over Jonah Hex's shoulder uh, at this book. Well, anyway, uh, uh, there's a sci-fi writer called Harlan Ellison. Sure. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Of course. So Harlan Ellison um, did this uh, story in the Comics Journal. And in that story, he started talking about Michael Fleischer. And he said Michael Fleischer is one of his favorite writers. But at the same really? time. Yeah. Damn. But in that same article, he just kept talking about how cr- batshit crazy he thought Michael Fleischer was. And hmm. that's why he liked him. Wow. Uh, All right. Well, Michael Fleischer took umbrage with that. And he sued the Comics Journal um, for two Holy million dollars for sl- for libel. Really? Yeah. Like slander? Yeah. Well, libel. But oh, okay. yeah. So they, wow. they it, it went to court. There was a jury and everything, dude. And the hmm. jury found the Comics Journal not guilty. And and this was a six year long a six year hmm. long trial, dude. Holy uh, crap! Yeah. Wow. Oh, so so Michael Fleischer read that article. And he demanded an apology from Harlan Ellison. Harlan Ellison wrote the apology, but the Comics Journal wouldn't print it. And so really? that's, that's what made him do uh, oh, the Comics Journal. Yeah, dude. Wow, that's that insane. Is, that is fascinating. Yeah, I know, right? So come uh, I'm on Harlan Ellison's side on this one. Yeah, come I on, agree. Man. Well, that's the thing is he was complimenting him. And, but, right. But the way he just said it was just like, in fact, they were like, oh, dude, I wish I had the word. There was some awesome word like, like, pig fuck crazy or something like that like some weird word uh that he huh. used um and yeah dude like and, mm. and it was around the time that uh this book was coming out and he was worried that it was going to hurt his career basically mm. because this book because Harlan Nelson was a respected you know, right. novelist so 
but Harlan Ellison was also like super comic fan. Um, I have a for- yeah. Forever People comic where uh-huh. Harlan Ellison writes a letter in there, like just a, in the back in the letter section about how awesome Kirby is and stuff. Right. Uh, but uh, huh. yeah, I thought that that was um, that was just it's just dude, this Michael Fleischer who I've never heard of prior to when we reviewed Adventure Comics has such a like crazy hmm. story, dude. That is fascinating. That's, yeah, that's amazing. Um, yeah, he wrote on. Oh, he also went to write on to write. So he did this. Um, he did like these nonfiction anthropology books. But then uh, afterwards, he wrote this book called The Shambler, uh, which you can find on Amazon. I checked for it today, and it's basically a. It's a fiction, but it's about somebody who a writer of comics, basically. So it's mm-hmm. like a, a fictional biography type thing, actually. So. Uh, yeah, so I was uh, pretty stoked on that, but I I was so happy that he was the one to be chosen for this because uh, number one, I think he had a respect for the comics that came before. He was obsessed with comics. He wrote the these encycl- encyclopedias, right? And so I think when he got a chance to write with Kirby, like he Kirby'd out, like like yeah, you yeah. you really like you were saying earlier, like you couldn't necessarily tell that this wasn't written by Kirby just because it's like got the craziest stuff, like. Like, zombie apes dude those are awesome oh, yeah zombie apes guys. with robotic brains Doctor or whatever spider yeah. oh man dude the weird thing about those zombie apes Callie is yeah. like that Hellboy Savage I know yeah. right? I was thinking the same For sure. thing yeah he's like yeah. 100% ape or whatever they call them they're these yeah. apes with these like brains implanted into them dude and that's exactly like they uh, like Eric Larson had to have stolen that dude from but be, probably beyond did, that yeah. like they're also zombies, right? So, like, not only are they apes with these, like, I love it. Yeah. They're like zombies. They call them zombie apes. Normally, a zombie is somebody who's like stupider than a person, they but were these are smart. smarter than yeah. an ape. Yeah, right. for sure. Yeah. <laughs> but they were called zombie apes. The other thing yeah. I didn't understand so, Sandman calls everything nightmares. Yeah. And he's like, okay with it as a hero. But then I was thinking, I was like, I wonder if, if they're using the term nightmare to represent any dream. Yeah, so, dude, you see the subtitle of the title of the Master book? Master of Nightmares. It's called yeah. Sandman Master of Nightmares. It's not Master of Dreams. Right. Hmm. right. Yeah. So, I thought that one creepy old man was the Master of Nightmares. No, he was the Nightmare Wizard. That's the, that's the uh, weird thing. And he had control too. over the whole realm. But the weird thing is he's that's the coolest thing about this nightmare wizard is they build him up to be like and Sam and I will talk about him. It's like we better not let the nightmare wizard right. take control of this guy's mind. But he but ends he's up basically a side character and then yeah, when uh when something goes too crazy, the nightmare wizard is basically right. like working with him to yeah. help solve it. Yeah. He was basically set up to be an antagonist, but he was just kind of a side character. Uh, right. You know? Which I thought was uh, interesting. Yeah, yeah they, it felt like they took it in a different direction than what they meant it to be. If there was a main villain of this uh, of Sandman, it would be the Doctor Spider, right? Or the yeah, for sure, or the yeah. that count in this one issue. Yeah, but the fact that Doctor Spider came back twice, I would say that's that true. He would yeah. have been the arch nemesis, basically, if yeah. there was yes. one. And he was so weird. The design for so him, cool. yeah, dude. it was crazy. Yeah, it's just this like. Fat blob on these. It's spiders. almost like, like Modok, not Modok. Uh, Modok and Doctor Octopus, Dr. Octopus oh, yeah. smashed together. What's that? What's that dude that's Arnim. yellow in X Men? He's got the cable, like the hair is all like dreads, but it's cables. And talk about New Mutant, isn't he a New Mutant? Oh, guy? oh shit! My starts with an M. 
I can't remember. I can't remember either. You're talking to the wrong people, dude. Oh, but he's, no, I know he's exactly very similar who you're talking to Modoc, but he's not. He's like a, Mojo or something. Mojo. Mojo. Yeah, that's yeah, exactly who long it is. Shot. Yeah, I was Mojo. just thinking long shot. Yeah, yeah, Mojo. Dude, I drew a long that's what shot Dr. Octopus the other day. Or do-, do you remember uh, I do those uh, these uh, Marvel sketch cards sometimes, and I just did a long shot one. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Because his hair is so ridiculous, dude. He's got this like puffy hair on top and this mullet <laughs> right. behind him. And I, yeah. so I was like, dude, I'm going to draw him. I didn't realize he was Shatterstar's dad. Did you guys know that? Is I know Shatterstar's really? dad. Yeah. I don't think you, only I have, you drew him with only four fingers, right? Uh, no, six fingers. He was a six-fingered man. He's a four-fingered man. A dude, who, Longshot? Yeah. On both hands? Mm-hmm. Oh, dude. I may Damn, have drawn it wrong. That's going to get denied. <laughs> Just kidding. The dude who's approving these at Marvel isn't going to know that either. So <laughs> I didn't know that. I actually huh. don't know anything about him. A long so time. the thing is, like, Mojo is like the ruler of this, like, game. Uh, yeah, it's like a television yeah, world. Like a game. Oh, it's a television shit. world where uh, everything's like Mojo verse or something. But everything's essentially like reality TV. Right. And, um, Longshot was actually, excuse me, like a test tube baby thing, like that was created in this world. So he's not like a, a really a real person. So that's why he only has four fingers on each hand, hmm. because he's not an actual like human slash mutant. He's like a creation of Mojo's world. Like he's basically in the uh, world between dreams and reality. But yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah Thanks. So he could yep. be in here, right? He, he could. could be, yeah. Depends on what shoot he goes down. So, dude, in issue two or three of this Sandman. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so you talked about Jed. Yes. Jed's this little kid. Oh, poor right? Jed. Jesus Christ. Jed. Sandman is seriously obsessed. He's creeping on Jed hard. <laughs> Jed has a grandpa that he lives with. It reminds yes. me of like uh, Pete's Dragon or something. Yeah. Like, right. Oh, He's man. Like yes. On this. I never like, thought coast. about that. Yes. <laughs> you got this little crazy grandpa. Anyway, grandpa died. Grandpa gets straight up killed. I couldn't believe that, actually. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, I think Fleischer issue did Issue four? It. Uh, five? Three, maybe. Uh, yeah. I, it's um, this it, one. It's issue uh, issue five. Oh, okay. Because the. the uh, I'm pretty, wait, wait, and then his aunt, his aunt and terrible uncle yeah, come. Yeah, exactly. So, ugh. so grandpa what dies. Sorry, no, I, 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 damn, Kelly. I don't remember. Okay, it's not important, dude. Okay, okay. sorry. So, well, all we need to know is grandpa dies. It's four okay. or five. Yeah, for so, sure. So, yeah, and then, and then the funny thing is, is Sandman comes into the reality world at that point, like, right? Yeah. So he has two shoots in his little office. He has a dream right. stream and a reality stream. Right. And he can go into either. So so that's actually one thing I really liked about this guy. Because he can go into people's dreams like Freddy Krueger, basically. <laughs> or or he can go into reality, which is yeah. really cool, actually. Because Freddy Krueger, I think he may have done that in one movie. But anyway, he, he was limited to that. Um, uh, so he comes into the reality stream. He sees Jed uh, after his grandpa dies and, and, uh, Sam is just like, dude, buck up, Jed. I like, yeah, yeah. Stuff like this. Happens. Yeah. I lo- that issue is like, so, uh, so first of all, Jed is just with his grandpa. Yeah. He has no friends. No. Nope. His grandpa is his only friend. <laughs> and then in whatever issue it is, his Sam shows up. He's like, 
Hey, uh, so um, sorry, but your grandpa's dead. <laughs> See you later. Yeah, and here's and his then, whistle. Yeah, and he and then, leaves yeah, him. Here's yeah, here's this. Right here. Here's his fucking whistle. Yeah. <laughs> he, he says <laughs> right here. Uh, and he'd come to this spot and what tell me stories. And he's like sobbing. It's number issue five. Okay. Thanks. He says, "Easy, Jed. Try to be brave. <laughs> yeah. It's what your grandfather would have yeah. wanted." Right. And he's like, "Okay, this is like, like." Not very long after his grandpa no. died, dude. It's, like, it's, it's, it's literally like the same two day. minutes yeah. later. It's, it's like, day. yeah. And this is the, it's the only person he's ever known has died. And then, and and so then, it's like, okay, yeah. here's the whistle. See you later. Yeah. And then, and then his creepy aunt and uncle come and make him a effing slave. And to, yeah. for like the next on the farm. three issues to like slave away. Um, it's and like, then uh, the only time that he has to rest, Jed. The only time, because he's slaving all day long, the only time he has to rest, Sandman comes and takes him away. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, why don't you come help me fight yeah, these? Yeah, I thought that was funny. Fight too, these dude. creatures yeah. instead of getting the rest that you really need. Dude, Sandman, Sandman is a hardcore dick, dude. Dude, he, he's he really is. Brute he's and terrible. And a jet. He's terrible. Um, what what I and what I thought was funny is that he gives him this whistle, dude. When right. I was reading through this, I thought that like the story was never set in concrete about what Sandman's <laughs> powers were, right? What he could do. 100%. He only used the yeah. sand to put people out like twice in the whole right. six issues, right? Mm-hmm. And this whistle can do whatever it wants. Yeah, it can call Brute and Glob to uh-huh. get out of their cages. Creates it, a kind of a. A, a sonic wave that right. they can ride on. Yeah, exactly. And then it can break glass because yeah. it could uh, shatter yeah, that exactly. one brain's thing. Yeah. So this whistle could do whatever the story serves. Uh, you know, whatever serves the story, I mean. And so I thought that was funny. Is like the whole time yeah. I felt like they were trying to figure the story out. Um, and, and, and actually, you know, at, at, a, at a certain point, they no longer... Uh, Brute and Glob are no longer demanding to get out of their cages. They're just Brute has his own whistle. Yeah, he yeah. gets his own whistle. Right? right. Yeah, you're right. And so, like, I feel like the whole like canon of the story just changes as the, yes. <laughs> as it goes Absolutely. on. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I, what I really liked, one thing I really liked about the, especially the opening issues, like the first like few issues, is there was like a water theme. Uh, what, they live close yeah, to the yeah. water, uh, but also in the dreams. I'm, one thing that they stopped doing, they did this in the first couple issues, is they would actually show the dreams. Yeah. Um, like it w- the, the story would open up with a dream happening. Yes, right. Yeah. Um, but then they kind of stopped that, and I wish they would have kind of went more into that. But uh, yeah, yeah. You, you guys were showing um, his, so, and we alluded, the, alluded to this a second ago. After his grandpa dies, mir- miraculously... Uh, his aunt shows up like right, a couple of like days within a, yeah a couple of days or weeks, uh, and they're like, oh man, you can't be living on your own. And then it becomes like uh, you know a Cinderella type story, right? Yeah, where, absolutely. Where Jed has to do everything. Harry Potter or, kind or, of or shit. A, or a follow that bird, if you will, um, the big bird movie. Mm. Yeah, um, he gets he gets his letter from this supposed family of his. Where he goes to live with them and he has to do all their chores. And right. I guess don't remember that movie, but Waylon Jennings is in that movie. Um, and you know, I can watch that part a million times. 
but dude, his um, cousins are pe- petulant assholes. They're oh, yeah. yeah. And like, so they're at dinner, like his first night, and she's like, oh, we, we don't have enough pork chops and vegetables to go Lime around. Yeah, he so oatmeal. here, have a bowl of oatmeal. And he's like, oh, it's delicious. Thank you. <laughs> you know, and he's like, uh, Dude, you don't realize what that you're going to treat like crap. Life Jet has had. Good lord. I would have blown that whistle instantly, dude. What a terrible... Are you kidding me? Oh, man. Dude. Yeah, he and... should have killed himself, like, straight up. <laughs> Jed should have just hung himself, like, a long time before all this shit happened. Or just, like... What a horrible life. Or just, like, God left. damn. He can live on his own. He's proved it. So, like... Or he should have just left. Well, I wonder or... if they were, like, setting this up for Jed to take the place of Sandman... Um, at some point. So, dude, Jed actually shows up. Uh, Jed kicks ass in these dreams. Jed shows up in the Neil Gaiman Sandman stuff. Dude. Really? Yeah. Is that right? Uh-huh. So, um, so Neil Gaiman wrote into the story that um, Glob and Brute were these um, dream creatures who invented this Sandman inside of Jed's head so that Jed could possibly help free them or, or basically help attack um, Dream, the Neil Gaiman Sandman. Morpheus. Oh, yeah, yeah, Morpheus. Yeah. yeah. And so, like, yeah, what that was actually one thing that's really cool is, like, there wow. is... Neil Gaiman does write in a connection to this Sandman. Um, so, basically, yeah, Jed is a part of that whole story because... Hmm. But... The only thing I don't That's like awesome. about that is they negate yeah, the fact that this Neil Sandman Gaiman negates existed. the fact that this Sandman ever existed. Yeah, it mm-hmm. makes him like fake. Right. That Brute and Glob are the real ones. Uh, that this Sandman was just a like a figment of Jed's imagination. But uh, I'm okay with that. But yeah, when we were talking, when I said earlier <laughs> that he gets retconned more than anybody, dude. Uh, Roy Thomas uh, was writing Wonder Woman, and in that uh, Wonder Woman 300, he wrote that this guy. Um, uh, Garrett Sanford. Uh, first of all, he writes in like this uh, thing where he can only be in the reality stream for one hour before he gets back. That was never in this in this no. storyline right. that he wrote. No. Um, it does kind of make sense though if you think about the time when he went and met Jed and said, "Okay, sorry, your grandpa's dead. Uh, but I you're gotta, living gotta on your own." Yeah, yeah. Right. So that that does make that uh, that part makes sense. Mm. So Roy Thomas wrote that, uh, but he Thomas. also wrote that. This is the part I hate: is he wrote that uh, uh, in uh, that he that this Sandman ends up killing himself, dude. That he ends up committing suicide. Yeah. And wow. And I mm. can't remember what it is. It's like something mm. about like something about the dream world made him go crazy and kills himself. And I and like. Dude, that's messed up to me, dude. Like, why would you take a Kirby creation and just make the dude go crazy and kill himself? Like, I mean, you can, you don't have to write stories about this guy. You don't have to write an end to him. Yeah. Like, mm. just, yeah, let it be. Let it go. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so, dude, that mm. part, that part upset me a little bit. Oh, that's um, interesting. Dude, Roy Thomas, when he came to DC, I don't like anything he did. Dude, we talked about Shazam in a, one of the last episodes. Yeah. Right. And, Dude, I don't think Roy Thomas did any service, Damn. like any good things in the DC universe. Just dude. a marble yeah. boy. Um, so, so after this Sandman, uh, Hector Hall becomes the next Sandman. Hector Hall is Carter Hall's son. He was uh, the S- Silver Scarab or something like that. Um, but then he became Sandman. When he became Sandman, he took the dead 
this Sandman, uh-huh. Garrett Sanford, he took his dead body, he possessed his dead body, and he was he was Sandman through this dead Kirby Sandman's uh, and joined the JSA, I think. Yeah, correct. Well, yeah, and then and then he died. He got killed off. Mm-hmm. He was the Sandman um, there in the JSA. Got killed off. He got reincarnated and became Doctor Fate. Like he was Doctor Fate for a while too. No shit. Well, yeah. so the Sandman in JSA has like a mask over just like his right. uh, nose and mouth, and he wears like a tight green like uh, like spy suit almost. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um. I wonder if he could. I, I can't remember. It's been so long since I've read that, but I didn't know that that was the same Sandman as this one. Yeah. So yeah. Hmm. No. So he did take on the Sandman form, but he uh, this 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 guy Hector Hall. He um, I don't think he was Sandman for very long. The one you're talking about with the mask on his face that was uh, the first Sandman. That was Wesley Dodds. It's Wesley Dodd. Yeah. In, in the Jeff Johns stuff. Uh, oh yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. I can't I, remember. Yeah, I can't remember if it, which one did he use. But this Hector Hall ended up finally becoming Doctor Fate. Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> but the Hawkman and Hawkwoman were from ancient Egypt, right? Right. But this, yeah. Hec- but he- but Hector Hall is not. He is the the son of Hawkman, but a different mother than no, Hawkgirl. He, no, he's Hawkgirl's son. Okay. I promise you, dude. Um, I'm getting really lost. <laughs> no. <laughs> that's okay. So is everybody that's listening. Uh, Hector Hall is the son of Carter and Shira Hall, the Golden Age heroes known as Hawkman and Hawkgirl. Oh. So. Because I, I thought I had read it that it was. It was probably but, on the same page where you read that yeah, Jack Kirby yeah, inked he, Ernie Chua. Yeah. <laughs> in this. Um, but yeah, so uh, then Neil Gaiman. Um, yeah, so. The weird thing is that there actually is a connection between something with the Hector Hall story and the Neil Gaiman Sandman, but it's a weird, loose connection. And then Sandman, this he basically just retconned this Sandman into his story. Um, there is a Sandman uh, miniseries, maybe Dreamscape? I can't remember. Like I said, I've never read any of that stuff. But this Sandman, Garrett Sanford, actually appears like in a couple of the panels uh-huh. in that one. Yeah. But the weird thing about this Garrett Sanford, the Jack Kirby Sandman, is he didn't really... He made some cameos here and there. Like I said, Roy Thomas in Wonder Woman 300 right. had a part. Uh, and then uh, after that, he, he would just appear in some panels here and there. And he wasn't really used um, at all until... Uh, until basically the Jack Kirby uh, 100 year revamp uh, mm-hmm. or the tribute, I guess. Yes. They did like a Dark Side series. The the only ones I have is Dark Side and Sandman, but they did other ones too. Machi- uh, not Machine Man. Uh, what year? When did these? These come were out? not that long ago. Uh, 2018. Okay. Uh, but um, in this uh, in this it's called Sandman. Oversized special number one. Uh, I gotta get that. It has a cover by Paul Pope, which is freaking awesome. Yeah. Um, one thing. So this first story is it the first story or is it the next one? But uh, Brute and Glob are in it, and Sandman's in his like little place, which is cool. Uh, so I've I've got this issue. This is what we're talking about, or I'm talking about now. But one thing that's cool is he has um, 
Sandman is in his little dream room. Yeah. And there's he has all these screens and stuff, right? And you see um, several um, Kirby characters, including a demon on one of the screens. Oh. You actually see Groot in one of the screens, oh, yeah. which is a Marvel oh, character. <laughs> yeah. Um, you see down here, there's a scroll, uh, oh, yeah. which is a Marvel character. Yeah. Um, this is a Kirby monster from uh, Fantastic Four number one. There's Don Rickles yeah, from, from the uh, Jimmy cover. Olsen stuff. Yeah. 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 So there's a lot of like fan service stuff. Yeah, hockey um, puck. What's that? Yeah, hockey puck for Don Rickles. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, they, uh, uh, Fing Fing Foom is in one of these things, wow. in one of these two. Uh, but it's really cool. It's, it's really true. In fact, this, this shot of him going into the uh, yeah. dream world. Um, dream stream uh-huh. it looks exactly like one of the Kirby yes. drawings he has this little bar it looks like a water slide right so yeah like this little 100%. Hole where there's this bar that you hold on to to shoot yourself down the shoe um, but check this out uh, on this page oh, there's a uh, collage collage just like Kirby used to do yeah. um, which is freaking awesome but it's in color Kirby's collages were mostly black and white. The collage parts were in black so and white. So who drew the art of this part? Uh, yeah, thanks, dude. This one was written by Dan Jurgens, and the artist was John uh, Bogdanovic. Is this John Bog? Oh, shit. Yeah. I don't know right. him. Do you know him? I yeah, know. he did. When they first launched the Man of Steel um, Superman series, he was the main artist. That was artist. John of Byrne. John of Byrne. Um, no. John Byrne. Oh, John Byrne. Oh, shit, yeah. No. It was after that. It was... Is when he had his mullet. Oh, so and it was he, like part he, of the Return of Superman. Yes, stuff. and he did a lot of X Factor as well. Oh, okay. He's one of the worst artists I've ever seen. But this is really yeah, quite this good. Isn't bad, dude. This, this is, is really good. <laughs> when he tries to copy like Kirby, it a lot. it's good. Yeah, actually, it's really good. Yeah, like this is really cool drawing. It's it's definitely more cartoony. Maybe when he's trying. Yes. I I have the same thing. I'm an artist, and when I try to draw like realistic like i suck but when i can do cartoony no i'm i like okay. this a lot actually i'm um, very surprised but yeah so he goes um and he battles like these monsters and stuff in the dream scene there's an ad for <laughs> i didn't know this existed dude oh yeah it's I, a I green lantern colonel sanders crossover i had yeah. no idea that existed um but uh let me see so he goes to any uh battles all these dream scenes or people or monsters in the dream What's it called? Dreamstream. Uh, but this is my favorite part, dude. This part, th- when I read this, I cried, dude. Um, he was saying, there's like this talk that I've got to say this boy who's, these nightmares are trying to kill him, right? Uh-huh. So he goes and he goes, there's an apartment complex you see he's going to. And there's a little street sign that says Suffolk. Mm-hmm. And dude, when I saw that, like, dude, right now I'm getting into chills right now because Dude, that's the street that Jack Kirby grew up on, is Suffolk Street. Mm. Uh, the thing was from Yancey Street, and that was yeah. like a, uh, whatever, an analogy to Suffolk Street. And so I see this, I'm like, dude, because they're talking about all these dreams that are like uh-huh. taking over everything. And so, and then he goes to Suffolk Street, and he sees this little boy laying in bed, and there's all these monsters around him, including Fing Fing Foom, this uh, Modoc looking oh, person, yeah. Yeah. At, like around this boy's bed. And at this point, you know, right, who it is. He's like, dude, this right. is Jack Kirby's dreams. And he just says, they talk about uh, these monsters are too vivid. I They're so real. I don't know if I can fight these monsters off. And he's like, uh, we're we're gonna die. They're too strong, and, and they're they're gonna tear him apart and rip him limb from limb. And like, 
it's so cool because you know this is Jack Kirby's imagination was the greatest imagination to yeah. have ever existed in comic books, and then this hero comes through. Uh, Sandman's getting beat down by all these people, and uh, you see this uh, like could be Dark Side there that's like punching him. Oh and, yeah, and uh, and then San- and then this hero, this Kirby looking hero comes Very through. Orion. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Kind of looks like Orion, and he just starts battling everybody. And and what ends up happening is all of the nightmares disappear. Even this hero that came in disappeared. And then they basically say, uh, they, they, these monsters are all disappearing and fading in nothingness uh, thanks to the, the stranger who came. And basically um, what, they, what they realize is that uh, Kirby... Oh, and then so uh, Sandman is still in the room and he just sees all these drawings of all these heroes... All oh, over Kirby, oh, yeah. all over this boy's room, yeah. and there was a drawing of this hero that came through, and he just basically said he didn't need me. Like his, he made up his own heroes that were Holy able to defeat these things, and I just thought that was so cool. John that, like, Bogdanov, I take back every bad thing <laughs> I've ever said about you, which is a lot. <laughs> um, this is great. Yeah, it was that so is fantastic, good, dude. and it was just that so cool awesome. that they made it be. Kirby and his, as a boy, that Sandman went into his dream, and and mm. but Kirby's imagination was what created the monsters and created the heroes to battle right. the monsters, and it's so oh, so cool. Sh- There's another story in here that I don't love as much. It was written by uh, Steve Orlando. Mm. I don't know if he's related to Joe Orlando. Do you? I don't know. Sure, sure. Mm. like he must be. Um, and then uh, pencilers Rick Leonardi, who ah, I'm not a big fan of. Okay. But uh, I mean, he's okay. But uh, right. this story wasn't great. But this story is actually um, Jed as like an older guy. Uh-huh, uh, no shit. So yeah. So um, is but his it, life better? Uh, I hope. No, dude. Ugh. No, it wasn't. And that poor son of I a mean, bitch. I mean, the story wasn't great because they introduced like this new like villain and stuff, and nobody was interested in that. Oh, and this is the grandpa that died. Um, they found him. He was just somewhere in the dream world, basically. Like, he didn't really die. They, so they, yeah, no thanks. So Jed was able to have some closure with his grandpa in that story. Oh, which, that's good, I guess. Yeah, but it was good, still. but it wasn't. It that first story, dude. I was just like, oh my gosh, this wow, is so. That's like, awesome. especially when I read it after reading these six issues. And yeah. I read that, and I was just like, no way, dude. When I saw that it was gonna be Jack Kirby, because like, yeah, that dude's dreams must have been insane. So oh, yeah. like. A Sandman for Jack Kirby's dreams would have been perfect, right? Yep. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so that was that was released. Um, yeah, 2018. They did a bunch of those. You could probably still find them. Uh, but I love that they brought the Sandman back. And the only other uh, place other than this that I've seen the Sandman come back is um, recently is uh, the Bug series from Young Animal, DC's Young Animal. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lee and Mike Allred and Laura. Uh, it's a family thing, dude. Right? Yeah, all in the family. Yeah, um, and they did like this, like story of ambush bug from the new gods, but he basically bumps into every DC Kirby. It's creation well, there. it's bug the forager. Oh, I said ambush bug. Yeah. Oh man, it's Sorry. okay. It's okay. Too much to drink. Um, yeah, forager. <clears throat> That's why we got you, Kelly. Um, and uh, yeah, I just picked that up because I didn't know that dude. I didn't like all of those guys are in it, dude. Like Omac and Sandman and uh, that's awesome. New Gods and Atlas. All those guys. Yeah, Atlas yeah. is in it. That's awesome. Yeah, so um, yeah, I don't, dude. 
I actually really love this series, like way more than I thought I would actually. And and it honestly could be partly I'm a curvy devotee for sure, but it honestly could be partly because it was it had a touch of Mike Fleischer in it. Like, dude, coffee mm. is good, but when you can add a little bit of cream, <laughs> dude, it's even better. So, like, I think that uh, the Fleischer was the cream to Kirby's coffee, and mm. you know, just made it happen. Yeah, um, but uh, it was interesting to me that I think I had a, definitely a mixed reception when it came out. There's letters columns in the issues, and uh, oh, dude. I got to read this one. Sorry, I'm talking a lot. Kelly, do you want to say something? No, go Um, for it, man. So uh, there was this one letter I got to read. This was from Jay Zibler from Oberlin, Mm. Ohio. And this was in one of the issues. He says... Jay, I hope you're listening. (laughs) He says, uh, Dear Joe, without hesitation, I can say that your comic is... uh, Let's see. Is the Dude, best Joe? So he's talking to Simon. Yeah, let's see here, real quick. Or Joe Orlando? Oh, was he the editor? Uh, I think was Joe Orlando the editor? Possibly. No, I can't remember. I can't. Remember. Um, anyway, uh, okay, so yeah, it is Joe Orlando. Yeah, Joe Orlando yeah. is the editor. Yeah, so it says, "Dear Joe, without hesitation, I can say that your comics are the best on the market. I've come to expect the finest story and art from you. Sometimes." I have reservations about the, about the Spectre, but otherwise your magazines are excellent in every respect. And then he ends the paragraph. Except for Sandman number two. <laughs> I have never been so thoroughly disappointed in an Orlando magazine. The Simon and Kirby issue was great, I'll grant you. Oh no, the Simon and Kirby issue was worse, I'll grant you. Wow. Uh, oh, wow. But I expect you but I expected you to improve on their legacy and not attempt to sink to their level. <laughs> oh wow, jeez. <laughs> the plot, the characters, the art, everything about this seems to have been done on the most juvenile level possible. If there were something if there was supposed to be some symbolic significance, it was way above me. Uh with a preposterous format to begin with. I expected you would revise the character somewhat, give him a reasonable origin, and tie him in with the DC universe. Instead, you stuck with D- er, SNK, so Simon Kirby's hmm. absurd character. The Sandman has potential, but it'll never be realized the way that you're going about it. So, Jay Zibler, dude, he was a hater, super hater, dude. What a punk. <laughs> but, uh, dude, I. Yeah, no, dude, I was, I loved the fact that, like, it started out to be what could be, you know, like a gimmick, like a Simon Kirby reunion that nobody ever cared about, but that uh, once uh, Fleischer got on, and, yeah, I would say once Fleischer got on, it started to take this turn where it was more like, tongue-in-cheek where you have these nightmares going to a barbecue or, or something or uh what was it in the wasn't there like flying pigs or something like like that in one of the issues there was like a fairies fighting frogs oh yeah maybe that's what it was that i was thinking of yeah that uh, that's one of my favorite issues yeah and i was just like there's no way that he's writing this straight up seriously yeah like, yeah very point. it it did seem very much an homage to 
Oh, a brain. Kind of there was like a flying stuff. brain. Yeah, there's a flying brain, and that's the ape. That's the uh, the zombie yeah. ape issue. Yeah. And it's the count at this castle, and he poisons himself yeah. before they can get to him. And then he finds this like modern uh, scientist that puts his brain in this vat. Yes. And he's like that's zaps right. him. And then he becomes more yeah, powerful. There's this like like scene of like these cops yeah. like calling in like for backup, and there's this gigantic brain flying over the city, dude. Yes, I think there was like a Futurama episode like and this. And Sandman puts here. the cops to sleep, and I mean it's that's yeah. that also is one of my favorite issues. So like I said, one, three, and five. Oh yeah, dude, and my uh, favorites. and Sandman gets arrested, gets yes. put in jail, yes. and then the cop yes. says, "Forget it, I've got work to do, and if you want to entertain yourself, go try reading a comic." You sure like you belong in one. Yeah. Um, it's self-aware. I mean, it, that's the thing. Yeah. Is this, Fleischer. like you said, yeah. Fleischer it wasn't taking it serious. It was a fun project that um, had it. I think, it, I mean, it's a mind of its own, you know? I mean, this is a standalone type thing until later when people start adding it into different DC Universe things. Yeah, I don't like that this was like retconned as much as it was. Like, dude, why did they need to add all that stuff? Especially that he killed himself. Dude, this I can't see this character getting so like depressed or whatever. <laughs> yeah, he's, yeah, he's, yeah. No. yeah. Um, uh, but what's interesting is, you remember Adventure Comics, the Spectre stuff that we read? Yeah. Remember there was a cop in there, just like the cop here where he told him he needed to be. He he looks like he's from a comic. Uh-huh. There was a cop that was like made a mention in the adventure comics that like somebody looked like that he looked like the Sandman or no, uh, was Superman. Superman, uh, yeah. yeah, it was that mm-hmm. Clark Kent guy. Yeah, so it's weird that uh that that yeah that like in both of these they're kind of breaking the fourth wall or like they're not in the by doing this he basically takes them out of the DC universe right right? exactly and he did the same thing with uh, the Spectre which I thought was interesting yeah like he wanted to kind of just do seems like he wanted to do his own thing right but I definitely need to read uh, his Jonah Hex now because yeah yeah, that sounds uh, really cool um I, as I was like reading up about it, they say that um, his best story of Jonah Hex was called the last, the last bounty hunter, um, and it like won like awards and stuff. Mm. Uh, yeah, so I got to check that down. Oh, he also did a bunch of um, Savage uh, Sword of Conan, dude. No yeah. shit, Michael yeah. Fleischer. Mm. Yeah, one one issue that I read that people said was especially good was issue number ninety five of Savage Sword of Conan. I don't know why it was good, but. Like I read mm. somewhere that that was right. like a big thing. So all right, uh, I will check that out. Yeah, but dude, he's like I don't know, dude. He's weird. He's like one of like the uh, like best writers that I never really paid attention to until right. Recently. It's just been these last uh, few months almost, yeah. right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That's uh, all I've known about him. But yeah, I oh, I must died. have read something then. By he him. died last year. Uh, really? Yeah. Huh. He did? Yeah, just last oh. year, 2018, huh. and he died of like uh, complications from Alzheimer's. Oh, jeez. Which freaking sucks. That dude. is the worst he thing. He can't even remember his own stories. Uh, that's poetic, Kelly. Thank you, dude. <laughs> <laughs> um, that makes it much worse. Yeah. yeah. Well, dude, that, yeah, I mean, what Kelly said reminded me of like Glenn Campbell, dude. He died Ugh. of the same thing, dude. And it's like, that's okay. like, there's nothing worse. When yeah, you don't, such a bad When you don't thing, know dude. that you had such an effect on so many people oh yeah so tragic dude it is so well and that's the thing is like think about not just comics but like anthropology and and the other thing he did 
Yeah, like the landmines and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like, dude, rescuing people from well, trafficking. Obviously, Savage Sword of Conan is obviously the best thing ever. <laughs> right, yeah. Right? I can say that without actually right. knowing which stories you know, wrote. forget about the human trafficking and all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. but obviously, Savage Sword of Conan. Yeah. He just saved a whole bunch of people from a landmine. Wait, it you're the dude it, who wrote Savage Sword of right, Conan? Exactly. <laughs> right, exactly. So yeah. let's let's not get over. Let's not go crazy, guys. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, dude. He seems like it's like a fascinating thing because he got his like he went wow. back to school at forty one, forty one to get a master's and a doctorate degree in anthropology, dude. That's freaking insane. I'm forty three and my life has been over for ten years. <laughs> There's nothing I'm ever gonna accomplish, <laughs> dude. Ever again? It's not too late, dude. It you, is. You could go to Syria and stop some human trafficking. Forget dude. about it. I could. <laughs> yeah. Um. <coughs> Michael Fleischer, huh? Yeah. yeah, I was trying to Something find that done. last bounty hunter book right now, but I don't look up that Savage Sword. Was it ninety five? Is that what you said? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, um, where, yeah. Savage Sword, Savage Sword of Conan, uh, number ninety five. Okay. I mean, that was. I think he wrote several issues, but that was like one. Okay. And the article I was reading, that was one that was like uh, pointed out. All right, I'm gonna have to look that up. But actually, in his novel, that Chasing Harry, that's one. You can read for free on the Internet Archive. So I'm going to go back and read into that. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, yeah. But, dude, this Sandman, I'm so glad that this got brought back in the bug uh, series by Mike Allred. And I'm so excited to see what they do. Because the thing is, the, the shitty thing that Roy Thomas did is he wrote him out of the universe. So, like... The fact that he I killed love himself. Roy Thomas, but that is kind of shitty. Yeah, like the fact that he killed himself, you can't bring him back. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, you can, but like, because it's comics, but like, it's hard. And so I'm curious to see how they brought him back in this uh, this bug uh, series that already did. Well, maybe they just ignore Roy Thomas's. I hope so. Stuff. I hope so. Yeah. Roy if, Thomas tried to make everything make sense and continuitous and stuff. He's and a big continuity guy. Yeah, he so really it's is. like, dude, just like let it go. I, I think he was. You know, yeah, I think he did wonders for Marvel, and like as much as Stan Lee did for Marvel, it. I think that Roy Thomas kept it afloat. Like, like Stan Lee yeah, brought it up, but Roy yeah. Thomas stepped in and made sure it didn't sink. Like, yes. it would have sunk, I think, without Roy Thomas. Hundred percent. So, but dude, when he came to DC, I think he was just flowing that shit in, dude. Oh man, that sucks. <laughs> because it's terrible. Uh, like I think he also wanted to make a mark, and I think like uh, sure, somebody yeah. like Bendis does the same thing, dude. Right? Because when Everybody he's come to does, DC, yeah. he's wanted to make his mark. He's already created new characters in, in DC that he's hoping will take off, and uh, and I think that's what Roy Thomas was doing. He's like, I've done all this stuff for yeah, Marvel. Sure. Let me when I come in, I'm gonna just kind of come in swinging to make my mark. He's like, I'm gonna make change all the stuff in Shazam. I'm going to. To make this hero kill himself because he can't handle oh, the dream that's world. terrible. Yeah, so I don't know. Man. Uh, but, yeah, that's the thing about comics, dude, is that, like, you don't have to follow every storyline. They change so much. Yeah. You can just pretend it didn't happen. You yeah, know? yeah. So, yeah, yeah, you don't have to read that stuff. So, uh, But I do suggest that y'all read these Sandmans. Absolutely. It was, it was so fun. Yeah. And my my eight year old boy, um, I've given him a few comics. Uh, we've read a few comics together. I've given him his own, 
And the interesting thing is he seems to be drawn towards Jack Kirby stuff. Like I've told Spence, he really enjoyed Devil Dinosaur number one because I got a true believer. And he came up the other night because he he said he was having bad dreams. And I was reading Sandman comics at the time. And uh, Spencer's that he loaned to me. And he looked at those and I was like, he was like, Sandman, huh? And I was like, yeah, he controls dreams and he helps out people that are having nightmares. Oh my gosh. And, so and awesome. he was, he seems to be really drawn towards Jack Kirby stuff, which yeah. is really interesting. But anyway, um, so like on that note, that's all I can say. You got to give it a thumbs up. Sam, Sam gives it a thumbs up. Eight-year-old Sam. Dude, that's who doesn't awesome, know much dude. about comics, but he loves his Jack Kirby shit. <laughs> he's all he's all, all all on board the Sand Sandman stuff. It's awesome. That makes me very happy, dude. And that's a great way to send us out. Um, y'all should check out some Jack Kirby. If you got some Sams in your family, check out some <laughs> Jack Kirby. Um, it may just help them sleep better. So where can we where yeah. can they where can they find more information about us and about the podcast, Kelly? Instagram, which we don't post on anymore. <laughs> well, yeah, it's been a while, so we need to. I need to get back up on that. Um, cold Storage Podcast. You can email us at thecoldstoragepodcast at gmail um, and go to any of your podcast listening apps or places that you listen to your podcasts and leave us a review. Five stars and follow, please. Yes, Four stars is um, totally acceptable. Let's yeah. set up a GoFundMe if you guys want me to come back on the show. Um, <laughs> let's set up a GoFundMe. Right to now we have about $4.50 in our podcast uh, account. Some, some bourbon yeah. money so Ryan will come back on the show if you, yeah. if you want. Yeah, so give us some uh, bourbon you, money. Yep. All right, you guys. Uh, we will uh, see you soon. Peace.